Hello, welcome to the eighth episode of the American Years Revisited podcast. I'm Kate Simpson, coordinator of the American Years Project. Our project is creating space for and recording the many stories and memories of all the people whose lives are intrinsically linked to the American Navy presence in the Holy Loch by Danoon on the west coast of Scotland. In this episode, John Kelly talks to Audrey McDougall about the Officers' Wives Club in Danoon. I became involved after 1976, or it was roughly around about 1976, because that was the time of the 200th anniversary of American independence. And so in 1976, the Americans who were here, uh, because of the Holy Loch Naval Base, they were celebrating in great style the um, American Day of Independence. And they went from all kinds of different things. But in particular, um, the Wives Club themselves, they did cookery. Um, They had lovely lessons in cookery. And they talked about cookery when they met once a month. And also they talked about flower arranging and different things like that, including needlework, which my friend Kay Cruden and I were very, very much interested in, all needlework of any kind, but it was mainly embroidery at that particular time. Then we found out that one of the captain's wives, who was a member of the Scottish American Wives Clubs, who was named Diane Wilson, was holding wee classes of needlework up in the YMCA, which was the YMCA in those days because the Americans built it. But of course, it is now the Baptist Church Centre on the front in Dunin. Well, that's where they have Seasons Cafe as well. Then. Yes, that's we the same place. Se- that's right. right. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. So we found out that Diane taught a few Americans up the stairs where they have their services. The Baptist Church have their services now. But it was a kind of a create. Um, um, you, you could have all kinds of things like gym classes and um, prayers and all kinds of different things up there. But Diane taught this wee class uh, needlework and Kay and I got an invitation to go up and see what they were doing and Diane was teaching maybe four or five ladies quilting because this was one of the colonial needleworks in the 1770s when the Americans got their independence and everything became very very colonial they did everything anything whatsoever to do with colonial work and of course needlework came into it. So we were absolutely fascinated by quilting because Kay and I have never ever seen quilting that they did and they did it all by hand, nothing by machine. That was very taboo and we became very involved in it. I more so possibly than Kay. Kay was a wee bit older than I was. We asked Diane Wilson who was doing the quilting classes if she would open it up to members of the whole of Danoon, or people, or particular ladies, of course, in the whole of Danoon. Who, who were not part of the Navy. They were not part of the Navy at all, right. no, mm-hmm. to teach them. The only thing was that we would have to use the YMCA because we didn't have a hall big enough. And the YMCA belonged to the Americans, and uh, we had to get permission from some of one of the one of the hygienists, I don't know who it would be, the Commodore or somebody mm-hmm. like that, to use it. And Diane was, she was quite a shy person. But she said, well, you can do what you like by advertising 
And we did. We put an advert in the local paper, the Danoon Observer, and um, said that we were going to have a class for anyone that was interested in needlework. And Diane said, oh, we'll maybe get half a dozen, something like that. Well, believe it or not, there were over 100 people that actually arrived. And we only had four tables with four chairs around the tables set out. So we had to hurriedly get some more tables and chairs. And So we managed to get Diane to speak to the ladies. And what we actually started with, first of all, because everyone, it wasn't everyone that would be interested in quilting, but we started with counted cross-stitch. And the Americans were very, very much, uh, oh, they loved it. They loved counter cross-stitch. Uh, nearly every woman, not just every woman, but the wives, all the American naval wives, were very much into cross-stitch. So that's how I became involved with the Americans. When you, um, when you said, Audrey, about 100 women turned up at that first meeting, mm. how many would be Scots? And how many would be American, do you no, think? No, these were all Scottish. They were all Scottish? They were all Scottish. That were right. just with the few people that Diane had been teaching in the first place. So that was mm-hmm. maybe, if the, including Diane, there were probably six, right. six people. Right. And they, of course, were all at the front of the hall with their mouths wide open as these <laughs> ladies <laughs> poured up the stairs into the room. They thought it was absolutely amazing. Maybe some of them were a bit curious because we were not allowed, Scots were not allowed to go into the YMCA because it was owned entirely by the Americans. But there we are, there was that, yes. Well, from there, of course, we found out that the American wives shipped in fabric and the fabric was absolutely beautiful. It was 100% cotton and we were, we just didn't have um, 100% cottons here. It was, well, it was for sheeting and that was all. Mm-hmm. So we went over to Glasgow to buy our fabric because there there was only a wee shop in Danoon at that particular time and it really didn't sell lots and lots of fabric. It was mainly wool. So I found out quite a bit about the American cottons from the American wives, of course. And uh, they put the cottons, of course, into their quilts beautiful patchwork, absolutely gorgeous things that they did, Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful, beautiful colours. They were very, very colour-wise, the Americans, very brilliant colours. And um, I got very, very involved in the fabric. And uh, eventually, after maybe a couple of years or so, I decided I would do something about it. But there was one other person involved in all this, and this was a person called Yvonne Kant. And she was the Scottish-American liaison officer. Yes. And I think she, she would be a civil servant. She was. She was working for the Navy or with the Navy. And she realised just how very much I wanted to become involved in fabric and how how much it was costing the Americans to bring over this fabric. Well, it only cost them about £3 a yard because everything was at yardage then. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't gone metric in those days. And it was uh, costing about £3 a yard. And when I eventually costed the same type of fabric, but we couldn't exactly get the same type of fabric that the Americans had, but this was down in England, I believe it was in Manchester, they said, oh, no, we sell it about 6 or £7 pounds mm-hmm. per yard then. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, they didn't have a great call for it in any case. But, of course, up here there was, was a big call for it. 
I was so enthusiastic about it because I was, well, I was a member of the Quilters Guild eventually and the Embroiderers Guild too. And um, my enthusiasm spread to these people, to these groups, and eventually quilting spread all over Scotland. I'm going back again now to Yvonne Kant. Yvonne said, you'll have to find out more about this, Audrey. And she said, why don't you apply for maybe an embroiderer's course at the, uh, the colleges, which I did. And I found that nobody did a class at all on needlework. So I was in the library one day. Uh, Miss McCall was the, li- the head librarian then. And she said, what are you looking for? And I told her and she said, well, there is something else that you could apply for. And on one of their tables was a leaflet. And it was all about Churchill Fellowships. Oh, yes. And so uh-huh. I applied for a, a, a Churchill Fellowship for me to go to America. I had no idea just exactly what the Churchill Fellowship was all about. But mm-hmm. there we are. Eventually, I was sent down to London to for a couple. I had two interviews with the Churchill Fellowship Committee. Uh-huh. And um, eventually, I was awarded a Churchill Fellowship after about two years, I think it was. It was 1983 Uh when I was eventually allowed to go to America to visit. What I wanted to do was to visit American wives groups of needlework or particularly quilting groups, of course, all over America. And I believe I went to 30, between 30 and 37, I think it was, different groups all over America. How long were you out there? I was out there for seven weeks, I think six it was between six to eight weeks that uh, I uh-huh. was given the money for. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know how much money I was going to have, when, <laughs> <laughs> which was a wee bit horrendous because I just I had no idea. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to fund this myself. But the American wives themselves here were absolutely wonderful, and they said, if you don't have enough money, we will put money together and we'll try and get you get you over there. In any case, but it just so happened that I managed to get I. I think now it was about £3,000 wow. from the Churchill Fellowship. Back people. in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So I tra- yes, I travelled from the East Coast, mm-hmm. mid-America, uh, mid, uh, and over to the West Coast, all the way down to South, mm-hmm. even touching on Mexico. And I did it all by Greyhound, uh, yes. Greyhound buses. Yes. And although that took me much longer, of course, going by bus than it would have been by plane, at least it Mm -hmm. was less money, much less Mm -hmm. money. And so I was able to feed myself as we stopped at Greyhound. (laughs) And uh, there were one or two of the American wives who had, they were only here for possibly about two years, the American wives with their naval... The average posting was two years. Yes, it was about two years. And then they went back home. So there were two people that I stayed with when I was doing my... Uh, Churchill Fellowship, and one was Sherry Hastie, who is no longer with us. Another one was Sarah Nell Davis. She was, I've just remembered that name, Mm -hmm. Uh, Sarah Nell Davis, who was the Commodore's wife. So I stayed with the two of them, and um, Mm -hmm. we had a lovely time. Sarah Nell took me to Washington, and we went to the White House, and... um, round and about it, of course, and we had a wonderful time. 
Had you already opened your shop in no, 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 I had not, this, no. This comes after this, your This comes afterwards, right? after I had my fellowship, Just yes. curious, you know, how, yes. how much of an impact the American ladies had on you opening the shop. Yeah. Oh, they did, because when I came back, of course, they, what, they, they were having great trouble at one particular point in getting their fabric over here. They couldn't get everything, they could get... Print, printed fabric, but they couldn't get all the colours of the rainbow, you know, just plain, mm -hmm. plain mm -hmm. colours. And I couldn't get them um, either. I, I tried all kinds of different people down in Manchester and, and uh, different places like that. So eventually I decided that I would search around for a shop and I was going to open my own business, my own shop, much to the disgust of my husband. <laughs> uh, he didn't want uh, me visiting shops. He was very much into sailing, as I was at the time as well. But anyhow, and of course, we we used to sail around the American ship. Now, I can't remember what that was. Was it Canopus? USS Canopus. There was the Proteus, the and Hunley the Proteus. and the Simon Lake. Yes, I, I can't remember, I can't remember which no, order they were in. No, yes. no. And... Um, they used to give us a hoot when we were quite or too close to the big mm -hmm. the big ship because we had to stay so many hundreds ah. of feet or yards away. And this was the same husband who didn't fancy the shop and yet he ended up when he retired, <laughs> he ended up in that shop most days working with he, you, if I remember. Yes, he did, yes, he did, yes, yes. Uh -huh. So I opened the shop and I managed eventually I had to bring cotton fabrics the American cotton fabrics and myself from America. I couldn't get the wholesale people. Mm -hmm. um, there were no no um, wholesale people in Scotland at that particular time. But um, down in England, uh, different places down in Berkshire, I think it was as well, uh, there were uh, wholesale places down there, but they did not bring in the American fabric. So I shipped it in myself. But unfortunately, you see, due to customs and excise, they added the cost, you know, yes, on yes. top of it. It was really double the price. I remember right at the beginning of this talk, I said that there was one wholesale place down in Manchester, um, I think, yes. that said if they sold it, they would have to sell it at double the price the Americans were getting it. And that's exactly what it, what it was. Now, it wasn't VAT in those days. What was it? It'd be some sort of import duty, Aye, we I suppose. Did. Yeah. Aye, but we had our own as well mm -hmm. in Scotland. Anyhow, uh -huh. we, had tax. Tax. we had purchase yeah, tax. Purchase tax, tax that right. was what it was. Purchase tax. Purchase tax, yes. So it, was, it eventually turned out to be about £7, but our girls had no alternative but to buy it if they wanted it. <laughs> and, of course, I just filled the shop with bales and bales and bales of American cotton fabric, and it was fantastic, absolutely mm. wonderful. I think you were probably the only stockist in the whole of Scotland, maybe for quite a while. Yes, I was. I was the very, very first patchwork and quilting shop to start in Scotland, mm -hmm. yes. I, was, I wasn't op uh, open very, very long before somebody else opened. The first ones were in Perth, and then there was another one just outside Glasgow called Pansy Pins. Alistair and I, my husband and I, we went through all kinds of different names, wondering what to call the shop. And it was down in Kern, the shop that I eventually bought. And I bought all the old stuff that the, the lady had. The shop was called JPB. And we always used to call her Mrs. JPB. How um, long did you have the shop? 
15, 16 years, I mm-hmm. think it was. Yes. I sold the shop in 2001. Uh-huh. Yeah. I fin- I really finished when I was 70 in 2000. Um, uh-huh. I thought, right, enough's enough. And it wasn't the shop I loved and everybody else loved going going and being in the shop. Mm-hmm. But it was the paperwork. The bookkeeping just took up all the time in the world and it was really horrendous. So I, um, at that age, I thought, right, it's time I stopped it. Had the sales fallen away when the Americans left in 92? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. But it wasn't, the, <laughs> do you know, it sounds ridiculous, this, but it wasn't so much the fabric. I mean, they did buy the fabric, but not to any great extent because they could get it eventually. It, it did take quite a long time for the fabric to come from America mm-hmm. uh, for them. But it was ribbons. They went crazy on ribbons, the right. Americans. They're very, very narrow ones, you know, the two mil- mm-hmm. millimeter, three mil- mil- millimeter ribbons. I would think that I was the biggest stockist of two millimeter, three millimeter ribbons, offray ribbons, because they, they were all American, mm. of course. They're, you they're also ribbons. had a huge number of threads, I remember. Oh, yes. You had specialist cabinets full, yes. of, th- full yes, of threads. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, it was. Um, um, mm. Pure cotton thread with silco. Um, what on earth was the other one? For goodness sake. See, I've been out of it for so You've long been out now. Of it well, right? <laughs> no, I remember a number of. Uh, yes. I mean, one of my my older my older daughter was your Saturday girl for she a while. She was. I remember. Yes. was. Yes. yes, for a while. Yes. And she's she got was. that on her CV in her present job. Oh, she, yes. she started out as a Saturday job. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. But uh, yes. was a lot of the stuff that you brought in and sold. I remember being in the shop and seeing some of the equipment you had, and it was. I mean, obviously not being a. A needle person, but it was just so fascinating and so specialised. Was a lot of it American sourced? Well, you know, I you don't... had you had special measuring equipment. You had jigs and you had perspex sheets with oh, grid, we... grids marked on and all sorts oh, of things. Oh, well like that. done, John! I've yeah. forgotten all about that. That yeah. was for counter cross stitch, right? Yes, I remember that... all that stuff. I found it fascinating. Oh you know, it was my just, goodness! Was, was that probably main, mainly American origin? That oh sort of yes, stuff. yeah. So, oh, yes. So, again, it was the American influence. Yes, that yes, and that was counter cross-stitch, yes. Yes, it had a grid for um, uh, the count. Uh, you had to count, count the threads. You see, you got the mm-hmm. fabric for counter cross-stitch, and you could get it either 11 count, that's 11 threads to the inch, 14 right. count, 14 threads to the inch, mm-hmm. 18 count, 22 count. You could mm-hmm. get... I mean, 22 count was very, very fine, very, very fine threads, 22 Threads mm-hmm. to an inch. Uh-huh. It was very, very fine that, um, but the plastic grids. I remember too. Didn't you have ones that you used for laying out patterns on the quilts? When oh you, yes. When you had repeated, you know, they they oh. like uh, circles and sectors and. Oh yes. That oh yes. Sort of thing. Uh-huh. Quite, These were just which quite, of course is really old. Things, yes, yeah. it's very very old fashioned now. There were circles and triangles. That's right, I remember that. Triangles, mm-hmm. yes, and elongator, all all kinds of different shapes. Uh, and you put these onto your fabric and you drew with a pencil all the way around. There were different types of pencils yep. that you used. And these were water, was it have I got the right thing? Water soluble. Probably. So that when you put one piece of fabric against the other piece of fabric you could actually sew on a line that you had actually drawn. Mm-hmm. And these were blue lines that you drew with the blue pencil. And then once you had actually 
attached the pieces of fabric together, mm-hmm. you could get a water spray and spray them, and the blue would then just disappear. Right. So that was another thing. The other thing was an eraser, a rubber eraser, mm-hmm. which was used for pencil marks because sometimes you you drew pencil marks for quilting. You had a, a design that you wanted to put onto a piece uh, a piece of fabric, mm-hmm. and you could then sew around it. But then to get rid of the pencil marks, you used an eraser. So right. there was all kinds of different equipment uh-huh. um, for quilting, which, of course, it was all American, you know, yeah. um, that way, yes, um, mm. from the wives. And, of course, they would come to the shop. When I first opened the shop, I had a counter in what I would call the back shop then. Mm-hmm. had a counter with a coffee machine in, and the girls mm-hmm. used to come in, and uh, they would spend so much time... And it was a great thing that the coffee machine, because they would just browse around the shop, you see, and they would say, I'll have a half a yard of this and a two yards of this. And uh-huh. then, you know, so that's that was the way that I got custom. It was wonderful. Did you make a lot of friendships with the Americans? Oh, yes. I mean, you're still in touch with some, as far well, as I remember. At Christ- yes, uh-huh. at Christmas time now, because, I mean, it's a long time ago. I am a Churchill Fellow for 1984. So it was after that, it was 1986, 15- Nineteen eighty-five or nineteen eighty-six that I started up the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it would be nineteen eighty-five. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, thinking about it, there was an awful lot of thought that went into it prior to actually buying the shop. And that shop, when you gave it up, oh, for, I, I never people, said what we called it for people who. Oh yes, ah, the, yes. Name of, the name of the shop. The yes. name of the shop was called Calico Threads. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. Ah, and that shop when you gave it up for people who know the local area who know Kern mm. be- became a Cala Funeral. Yes, Cala Funeral and Services is. Still and still is. is. Yes, <laughs> yes, they bought it from me. Yes, ah, uh, yes, I know exactly how much they paid, but I'm not going to tell you. No, 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 no. <laughs> what other memories of the Americans in Danoon do, do you have apart from the, obviously right. a lot yes. of it came from the sewing and your fr- friendship yes, with yes, friendship uh, with fellow sewers? Yes, uh, no. The Scottish American Wives Club it became, but they wanted it to be the Scottish American Officers Wives Club because mm. there were only 50 people in that club, 25 Americans and mm-hmm. 25 Scottish. Uh-huh. The Scots, I can't remember now just exactly how we Scots were chosen because obviously if there's only 25 Scots, um, we had to be chosen. Uh-huh. Um, but I suppose it would be... We were quite. We got quite friendly with the Americans, and they would say, "Why don't you come along, you know, to the Scottish American?" But you'll have to wait till such and such a person drops out or mm-hmm. dies or something like and that. And of course, it would be officers' wives because officers yes. and other ranks didn't mix yes, socially. They, they didn't at all. No, no, no. They really did not um, associate with the others, other ranks. Well, it's the same in our military, as far as I know. Yes, the I think it is. I I was asked, and so was my friend Kate Cruden. She was asked at the same time. I don't know who had dropped out of the the Scots, Mm -hmm. uh, but I do remember quite a few of the Scottish people that were in, and they are still alive and kicking today. Um, Madge Walker, she was... Oh, yes, I... Yes, Madge Walker, and Helen Hackett, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, quite a few people. Um, But what happened was we had a president and we had a vice president, Mm -hmm. and... The year that I joined, now I think that that would be probably 1980, 
I think, that I became a member. Mm -hmm. And um, it was an American that was the president and the vice president was a Scot. So that's how they worked it. One year it was an American president and then the vice president stepped up and she was president and then someone else mm -hmm. came mm -hmm. along. So it was always American Scots, American Scot or Scot American wow. each year. Yeah. Uh -huh. and do you think, you, you said you weren't sure how the Scottish ladies were selected. Would there be a sort of deliberate cross-section of the, the, the Danoon? Oh, I think like, so. I mean, professions yeah. mainly or...? Yeah, I think so. May, um, I really don't know. Maybe, uh, probably Kay Cruden was invited. Her sister-in-law owned Strone House. And if oh, you remember, the McIntyres are Strone. No, no, it no, was no. McIntyres, but no. It, no, it was Frida and Kay Cruden's brother mm -hmm. who bought it. Are you glad the Americans were here? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they gave us a different slant on life mm -hmm. altogether. Um, mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved them. Oh, when we did meet, we met once a month. And latterly, we used to meet at the Enmore Hotel, which is no longer a hotel. Mm -hmm. It's a private residence. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Enmore was lovely. I, I loved going to the Enmore Hotel. And we used to sit and uh, they would talk, as I said, cookery. They were really into cooking. And drama. Oh, yes, they were into drama. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, needlework. They were all, all married out knitting. They were not into knitting, and that was something that the Scots were able to teach them. Right. That was one uh -huh, thing uh -huh. that they, they did. They weren't into knitting at all. And did they absorb quite a bit of our culture as well, then? Oh, you think? I think. Well, obviously, you're saying the knitting, they began yeah, knitting. Yeah. Well, there other things. Did they take up things like country dancing, for example? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did do country dancing, yes. And I think one or two of them, I won't say it was the wives, but possibly one or two of the men took up piping as well, mm -hmm. uh, especially the chanter. Of course, all the children, the American children went to school, you see. So um, uh -huh. they learnt on the chanter when they went to school. Uh, I don't know who the teacher was then. But, and I do believe that there was an American teacher, am I right? We had an American in school when I was teaching, yes, who, yes. Was, who looked after American maths and American history. Yes. Now, you see, there was a difference with American maths. It was taught in a different way. I mean, two and two were still four, but it was, it was taught in a <laughs> different way, apparently. Uh -huh. no. but, uh, no. And again, we, we also had uh, 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 the last one, a man, Ken Blackman, and they were, they were civilian, but employed by a civilian education authority who worked for the Navy. It was mainly junior children because it tended to be the younger sailors who were here. Oh, right. You know, they... We didn't have many officers' kids because there weren't that many officers compared to ordinary sailors. No, no. And they tended, being young sailors, they had young families. So mm -hmm. our primary schools were very much... Yes. They had more children in the primary school than we had in the grammar school where I taught. We had at the most just under 100, I would say, Americans out of something like a 1,000 pupils. Right. Uh -huh. Whereas the primaries had quite a, quite a high... And of course all they would primaries. just be there for two years. Yep. That's what it was, yes. And some of them, yes. uh, if they were staying on, they went down to, they were boarded down at either uh, High Wycombe or Lakenheath. Oh, yes. Because yes. we were the only American base, I think, in the world that actually the base didn't have its own school. They used the right. local school. right. So can I thank you just now for that? And we may well get back to you for more. Oh, thank you very much. Right, thanks very much, Audrey. Okay, thank you, John.
You have been listening to John Kelly and Audrey McDougall, and I have been Kate Simpson. Thank you for listening. See you next time.